wonderful if the Lord blesses us to get to the end of 2019. And we have a correction culture in this place. We have a culture in this place where somebody says, I love you too much to let you keep doing that. No, 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 no. So we're going to unpack all of that. We're going to unpack all of that. Brother Paris, you had something. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I believe you're absolutely right, my brother. Yes, indeed. And, uh, and, and uh, 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 yeah, what will happen is, is now we, we have members of security. They get a little itchy when that kind of stuff happens. They'll mess around and, and rip off. You jump up. In this culture of 2019, you jump up, start hollering at somebody preaching. We got some armed officers in here that might, <laughs> might take exception to that. They might feel like, what you trying to do to my preacher? So, no, no, no. But what I am saying is I think his point is correct, is that he was saying, and I think it's accurate, that he says, not in the moment, but when I get a moment where we me and you can step aside. Just you and I. I'll begin to share with you one-to-one. -one. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and her point is correct. That is, there, there, there could be uh, uh, some great gravity of situations. Let's say, for instance, and this is where I would say it's different. Let's say for, for some awful reason, I'm standing up here telling you all, you know what? Everybody's way to get to Jesus Christ is fine. And we all can find Jesus Christ any way we want to. At that point, I already know I can look about four or five of y'all who would be like, now, wait just a minute, preacher, wait just a minute. And that moment, that is, that is essential. Uh, but I think more or less what, what I'm more so talking about is those grounds of offense, those areas where we fall short. That is absolutely correct, that there are some instances where you want to do it on spot. Uh, but without a doubt, what we want to do is create a culture. Y'all look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor. We, need we need correction culture. Now, I know hearing that, that makes some of us get a little, uh, but how many of you all know that uh, our home in heaven depends on it? Amen. I want to share with you all, if you all stay with me, say amen. I'd like to talk to you all about the necessity. I want you to consider the necessity. There are three necessities that I feel merit why we should have correction culture in this place. Three necessities. There are three things that as long as these three things exist, you're going to always need somebody to tell you something. And what do I mean by correction culture? I mean that somebody's going to need to tell you that you weren't right. What you said wasn't right. The way you acted wasn't right. The thing you did wasn't right. Right? And we need that. And how many of y'all know all of us need it? And it doesn't matter how long you've been saved. You still need it. Three necessities. If y'all ready for number one, say amen. amen. Necessity number one, we are undeniably imperfect. We are undeniably imperfect. Really quick, I want you to look at that phrase. I want to ask anybody, when you hear this, what does this mean to you? We are undeniably imperfect. Anybody, what does that phrase mean to you? We are undeniably imperfect. This is how. We are, we, we as a people, we are not perfect. That is, that is, if, if examined, if examined, all of us will fail the righteousness test. As a matter of fact, the only reason why we have been allowed to be known as righteous is because of the blood of Jesus Christ and the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit and our desperate commitment to a righteous life. But I still want you to know that even with a commitment to righteous living, none of us will ever assess or will ever touch or will ever reach or we will ever attain perfection. Why? Because we are all undeniably imperfect. When I, when I make note of us being undeniably perfect, I'm saying human beings are sin flawed without fail. There is nothing that's going to change that. Therefore, we are guaranteed to fall into error. Now, why do you need to know that? It's, 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 
the reason why we need correction culture is the same reason why every city ought to have a fire department. You got to have it. Well, why do you have to have it? Because maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but somebody's going to leave an iron on. Somebody's going to thump a cigarette into dry terrain. Somebody's going, somebody's going to, 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 to mix some fluids that ain't got no business mixing. Somebody's going to be frying whatever you're frying, and, and, and your grease is going to do whatever your grease does. Y'all know I don't cook. Y'all pray for me. I'm trying. I'm trying. Uh, but it's going to happen. And when that happens, you want to be able to dial 911 and request the fire department. And you're calling the fire department because the fire department exists and they're on standby because they know that human beings are undeniably fire prone. They will tear something up if you give them fire. Appreciate when I tell you that while there is a fire department, there is no oxygen department because there's no need for it. Oxygen has been around for a long time and we haven't used it to destroy anything without some very serious, serious level of scientific thought, which I don't even want to get into. But the average human being, average human being, if left to their own devices, will start some fire stuff. My son, KJ, uh, my, my, my wife, she, she, she wanted to get the bathroom done, and, 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 and she, she went out, and she picked out all these things for the bathroom, and I, we went through, and we found those things, and she liked them, and she hired the contractor, and the contractor came in and got the bathroom done, and she was so happy, and then one day, my, my nephew was in the house, and KJ was in the house, and I don't know how in the world, I don't know how in the world, uh, but there is a scented candle. Uh, these two fellas done dipped a piece of uh, a toilet tissue in that scented candle, and they got it going, and, and these young fellas don't know that that paper's going to do one thing while you're holding it. And he lets it go. It hits her brand new sink and fire stains it. I come in there and KJ's just a scrubbing to save his life. I'm thinking, man, I'm sure proud of the young man in here doing chores on his own. Couldn't avoid the crispy smell in the air, though. So I got to ask him, what you doing? And my son, you know, one thing that he can't do well is he can't tell a lie well at all. And I hope the Lord keeps him that way for a long time. And I, I look in the sink and I see the brown stain and I smell in there and I put two and two together. I said, son, have you been playing with that scented candle? Well, Clarissa comes in and y'all know how that goes. Say amen if you can. Y'all know how that goes. Uh, but the point is, the point is, is that it has to exist. It has to exist because as human beings, especially kids, especially kids, it's just going to happen. It's just going to happen. I want you all to consider the text with me. Look with me in Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6. Genesis chapter 6. I want you to see these things because I want to highlight the necessity for correction culture. That is, I don't care about any congregation you've been to. I want in the year 2019 at the Pembroke Park Church of Christ, I want us to create a culture where individuals can correct one another using the tools that we gained this month. Because I don't want you to miss the thesis suggested, if you, if you remember me telling you as you're turning to the book of Genesis, the thesis was uh, the goal of this series will be to highlight the necessity of correction amidst an imperfect people and how such a necessity can be abused to a destructive end. That is, correction culture is a beautiful thing if you do it the Lord's way. The minute we start doing it our way, we start tearing some stuff up. Genesis chapter, uh, Genesis chapter 6, we're looking together at verses 5. If y'all with me, say amen. Uh, it's, it's, the it's the preparation for the flood. Bible says in Genesis chapter 6, verse number 5, it says, The Lord saw how great man's wickedness was on the earth. The New International Version says it, verse number 5, new, or rather the New King James Version says, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was... Uh, Help me, Lord. No, I, didn't, I shouldn't turn the page. Y'all see I'm messing up. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. If that's in your Bible, say amen. amen. Listen to this. God, our creator, said, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Verse 6 says, and the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth. He was grieved in his heart. 
God says, I made them, I designed them perfectly, but like everything that you design, it has the potential to malfunction, right? It's the reason why you have a service station or you have uh, AutoZone or, or you have your dealership repair shop. It's because I don't care how nice that car is, it's going to malfunction. And the Lord was heartbroken because God designed us perfectly. I'm talking about God designed us in a wonderful way. He designed us in a wonderful way. He designed us to where when we breathe in, this oxygen goes into our lungs and it pours into our bloodstream and through the blood it carries oxygen throughout our bodies and that oxygen becomes carbon dioxide and we breathe that out and God created the trees to take all that carbon dioxide that we pump out and they take that in and they do what they do with it. I'm talking about God designed this earth perfectly but there was one flaw and it wasn't his fault it was on us and that is God gave us choice he gave us intellect and we chose to do wrong but God said here's the problem God says when they started doing wrong it's like that's all they knew was doing wrong and it's as if they wouldn't stop doing wrong and it's all they wanted to do was wrong and here's the challenge the challenge is my brothers and my sisters is that this concept of wrong it started with adam and it still exists today that is even in the pembroke park church of christ look to your left look to your right look to the front <laughs> uh, do you know what you saw you saw individuals who struggle with sin now, let's thank the Lord for a second because we're better today than we were yesterday. If y'all thank him for that, y'all ought to say amen. Uh, we've come a long way, but we still got a long ways to go. His point to us is that, is that even in the Old Testament, he said man was flawed. What about in the New Testament? Turn with me to the book of Romans, Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. If you love the word of God, say amen. Uh, in, in, in Romans chapter 3, Romans chapter 3, I want you to look with me at verse number 9. We're building the case for correction culture. I want you to understand that one of the reasons why, and you've got to make it personal, one of the reasons why I need somebody to tell me I'm wrong. Say that with me. I need somebody to tell me when I'm wrong. And one of the reasons why you need that is Romans chapter 3. Now, we saw in the book of Genesis uh, that the Lord said that, that man's thought was continually evil. So what does God do? God sends the flood and he destroys mankind, sparing but one righteous man uh, and his family. But do you think you did away with sin? Absolutely not. Uh, because the minute we got on the other side, Noah finds himself intoxicated. Right? And then after that, uh, his, his son goes in and looks on his nakedness. And rather than cover his father, he goes and tells somebody about it, makes a joke of it, mocking his daddy. Right? And from that point on, sin just went on down the earth, on down the earth. The Tower of Babel is constructed. God says, get out of here, populate the earth. They said, no, God, what we want to do is we want to stay right here and build a city for ourselves. And God says, okay, fine. Then nobody will understand anybody. And at that point, y'all still got to leave. If y'all see that, say amen. Uh, but in the book of Romans, we're in the New Testament now, Romans chapter 3, we're looking together at verse number 9. Verse number 9, the Bible says, what then? Are we better than they? Not at all. For we have previously charged both Jews and Gentiles that they are all, someone say all, all under sin. As it is written, listen carefully, this is a tough word. There is none righteous. No, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. The Bible says not only have they all turned aside, it says they have become, they have all, they have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good, no, not one. The challenge of that word, my brothers and my sisters, it is the clear reason why we need correction culture. That is, I fall short. Say that with me. I. See, y'all fell short then. I, didn't tell you. I said, say, I, I fall, short. fall short. I fall short. And I'm really being nice about it. Let's say it the way we need to say it. I, I commit, sin. commit sin. I do. I do. I don't like it. I, don't, I, 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 I hate when I do it. It disturbs my spirit, but I do. I say things I shouldn't say. I do things I shouldn't do. I always have to find myself on my knees asking God to forgive me, give me another chance. And God is kind enough to forgive, to forgive me. But picture that, church. Listen carefully. 
Every one of us knows we all make mistakes, but nobody wants us to tell us we made a mistake. You, you know? That like, that's, like, that's like we all know we get hungry, but you get mad because somebody made you a sandwich. Don't be making me no sandwich. What, what kind of stuff is that? No, that, that, doesn't make, that doesn't make any sense at all. If we all know we do it, we all need help getting it done. If you get that, say amen. Uh, necessity number one, we are undeniably imperfect. If y'all still with me, say amen. Necessity number two, if you're ready for number two, say amen. Not only are we undeniably Im imperfect, but necessity number two is a very profound one. We cannot remove our imperfection. Here's the deal. I once was lost, but now I'm found. You see, I look like I've been looking for a long time, but I'm a new man because the Lord has redeemed me. You see, while the blood of Jesus purified our sins and destroyed the old man, if you get that, say amen. While the blood of Jesus purified our sins and destroyed the old man when we were baptized as penitent believers, we were then, still are now, and forever will be never fully removed from the grip that sin has on our lives. We will always need purification from God. That is, that is, see, before I was talking about my imperfect state and, 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 and I've been made whole by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the beauty of salvation. That's the beauty of salvation is that God knows how to take something that's, that's broken and make it better. And that's one of the reasons why I tell anybody, I don't care what decision you're making in the year 2019, you owe it to yourself to have a sure, biblically sound relationship with God. We are going to get ourselves in trouble because we're trying, we're trying to make imperfection act like it is perfection. I know a lot of people. Hey, you know what, uh, um, I, I, I'd love to invite you to church. Oh, preacher, you know what, I, I, I appreciate you, but you know, me and God, we all right. Oh, okay, well, tell, tell me about it. I mean, I pray, you know, I, I talk to him every now and again. Mm -hmm. That's it? That's all you got for me is that, that you pray? Picture that now. Let's say your mama, let's say your mother, let's say your mother, let's say your father. Uh, let's say all you do is just call her every now and again. You don't stop by to see her. You don't do nothing for her. You don't come by help her out. You don't bring a gift on her birthday. You just, you just call every now and then. Hey, I just want to let you know I'm here. And um, uh, if y'all calling her the way we call the Lord, you're calling her because you want something. <laughs> hey, uh, you cooking over there? <laughs> yeah, uh, 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 listen, I'm, I'm going to send somebody over. Give, give them a plate. Shoot it over to me. Don't y'all know your mama would burn your house down if you, you treated her like that? She would come, come to your house and snatch you out your house. She treated her like that. And I want you all to know that we've been, we, we're leading ourselves in a culture in this 21st century to believe that all we have to do to give God is a little conversation. But God's given us too much, y'all. I mean, he gives me life, health, strength. He blessed me to see a new year. I've got clothes on my back, food in my belly, Roof over my head. I'm, I'm, I'm a part of a wonderful congregation. I know some wonderful people. God's been good to me. So I ought to be good to him in return. Now, I want to drop this in while I'm standing over the gumbo because I'm telling you uh, what will happen sometimes, what will happen sometimes is that we'll take the goodness of God for granted. And how do we know we take the goodness of God for granted? Because the minute stuff gets bad, we want to turn a table over. Harper said yesterday, Job's wife, he told her, you speak as a foolish woman. We're going to take all these blessings from God, and then when some trouble comes, we're going to act like we don't know him? Serve the Lord. If y'all get that, say amen. Speaking of Job, turn with me to Job, uh, the 15th chapter. Turn with me to Job, the 15th chapter. I, I attest to you all that Pembroke Park needs correction culture because we can't remove our imperfection. That is, every member of the Pembroke Park Church Christ is imperfect, and we're going to be that way until God calls us to glory. We're going to be that way until he says, well done, thy good and faithful servant, and we have forever dwelling with Jesus Christ. But as long as we're on this side, as long as we're in the state of Florida, as long as we uh, live in Broward and Dade, as long as we're in this space, y'all, we're going to struggle with sin, and we're never going to be free of it. Job, the 15th chapter, Job, the 15th chapter, if you love the word of God, say amen. 
15th chapter of the book of Job. I want you all to look with me at verses 14 through 16. 15th chapter of the book of Job. Look with me at verses 14 through 16. I like Job because what Job does is Job's going to take it straight to our face. Job's going to show us why we ain't got no business fussing with God about our righteousness. Which is ironic because Job at this point is fussing with God about his righteousness. <laughs> chapter 15, verse number 14, if you have it, say amen. Listen carefully. The Bible says, what is man that he could be pure? Think about it. How in the world do we even think that we could be pure? What is man? You know that phrase, what is man, is kind of the equivalent to when somebody says, who do you think you are? You know, I would go into the kitchen with the late and great Juanita Jones. Is there Kool-Aid in here? She was, she was so animated. Who do you think you're talking to? Like, is there Kool-Aid in here? No, no, what you want to say to me is, Mama, uh, do you have some Kool-Aid, ma'am? Can I have some Kool-Aid, please, is really what I want to say. And she's looking at me like, who do you think you are? Job says, who do you think you are, human being? That you could be pure. Who do you think you are? Watch as he goes a little further. He says, what is man that he could be pure? And who is born of a woman that could be righteous? Tell me his name. I, I, I want to know him. Who's this person who, who could do it? We only know one who's done it, and he's seated at the right hand of God. Goes on further to say, if God puts no trust in his saints and the heavens are not pure in his sight, how much less man who is abominable and filthy, who drinks iniquity like water? Boy, Job just, boy, didn't Job just tell us about ourselves? We almost want to say, all right, Job, chill out, brother, man, come on now. But Job says, what, how in the world, how in the world can we fuss with God? And y'all know when we do that, you know when we do that, when we say things to God like, God, don't you see what I'm going through down here? Oh, God, can't you see what's happening right down here? And God is like, man, listen, I've, I've been taking care of you since, since you came into this earth. You've been breathing, your heart's been pumping, I've, I've, been, I've been taking care of you. Now you got a season in your life and you're losing your mind. Don't do that. Job challenges it because Job begins to ask, if we are going to approach God, we should at least approach God on the basis of righteousness, talking to righteousness. And Job asks, how do we ever think to attain to that? Brother Perry. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. No, absolutely not. Um, the, 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 term, the term man um, is, it, 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 it qualifies a gender, and the term man also qualifies humanity. It's where we get the concept mankind. The Greek word anthropos, uh, that word is mankind. That's humanity. So when the Bible uh, uh, says, um, uh, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly or sits in the seat of the scornful. It's not that women, y'all don't even get a chance. Y'all are done. No, because how many of y'all know if it wasn't for women in the church, probably wouldn't be no church. Say amen if you can. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. That's neither here nor there. Uh, but his point is, he's talking about blessed is members of humanity, mankind, uh, who does that. Uh, now, you'll know when he's talking about man uh, because uh, he, he qualifies that. And I owe you. I owe you the Hebrew and Greek terms for that. So next week, I pray to have that for you. Uh, but you'll know that there are times specifically when he's talking about gender, and then there are other times when he's talking about humanity. And that term there is humanity. Because what we will know is that everyone was destroyed with the exception of uh, Noah, his three sons, and their wives. That is, every male, female, boy, girl was gone. I, I hope that adds clarity, sir. Yes, indeed. 
Um, uh, 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 so, so what is Job's point? Job's point, if y'all still with me, say amen. Job's point is, one of the reasons why we need correction culture is because we don't even have the capability of being right. And what is the greatest offense to correction culture? I'm going to talk about myself. And I'm going to talk about myself because I know when I talk about myself, I'm going to talk about all y'all at the same time, right? Right. It's the reason why, it's the reason why I could be in the car with Sister Jones driving because I, Brother Finch, know how to drive, right? And I could be driving in the car with Sister Jones and she'll say, why are you about to turn over there? And I want to look at her like, first off, who you think you're talking to? <laughs> number one. Uh, and number two, <laughs> ma'am, I've been driving a long time. As a matter of fact, watch it. You see it swelling? As a matter of fact, when I was in the Army, my job in the Army was driving. Ma'am, I done drove every kind of car you can think of. I drove, I mean, I drove Humvees and 18-wheelers. Girl, if ain't nothing I know I do, I know how to drive. And then I look up and realize I am going the wrong way. <laughs> well, the trouble now is, the trouble now is, now I got to eat that humble stuff. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And I and listen, I've been eating it for a long time and it tastes nasty. I'm gonna tell you, it tastes nasty. And I gotta eat it because I miss what Job is trying to teach us here. And that is there's not one of us who's perfect. So not only should correction culture exist, you should be thankful for it. Now, now, why don't we love it? I'll tell you why we don't love it, because we have something within us that is massive. Now, I know somebody's about to say, yeah, but Brother Jones, what about those times when people don't do it right? I'm not talking about those times. I'm talking about the person that approaches you and tells you true word fact. Listen, don't do that. Don't say that. Don't act like that. Watch that. Stop that. And that person comes to you, and the minute you start swelling up like that, the reason why is because pride has camouflaged itself as perfection. So pride makes you act like you're perfect. And every one of us got somebody that, 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 that really, really, you know, I've, oh, I, I, I wish I could tell him. I wish I could tell her. I, I wish I could tell the little boy. I wish I could tell the little girl. But you know what? You just can't tell him nothing. You just can't tell her nothing. She's just going to do whatever she want to do. He's just going to do whatever he want to do. And why is he doing that? Why is she doing that? Why are they doing that? Because pride perverts itself into a pseudo form of perfection that we know is absolutely not real. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And I believe that you're telling the truth. I don't have a reason to doubt that. Reason being is because not everyone's struggle is the same. I believe that you're telling the truth. But here's also what I know, is that while we're talking, there's some people listening to us, they ain't saying nothing. Because <laughs> they already know. Man, that preacher is talking to me. He is talking to me. And I'm going to help him out. I'm going to help him out because I'm going to tell him, you know, a little bit, I'm talking to myself. I can't lie. I can't lie. And if I were to act like I wasn't telling the truth, I'd be telling you all the tale. That is, sometimes, sometimes I, I, I could just be in a bad mood. And she could, she could tell me something that, that, that makes perfect sense. Hey, did you, did you remember to call so-and-so? <sighs> yeah, I called. 
hey, listen, I'm, I, I, I see you in a way, and I'm just trying to tell you. I'm not trying to bother you. I'm just saying, remember, you're supposed to have the contract over here Thursday. You got, you, did, you, did you make the call? Girl, I done made the call. Now, now, what else can she do? She's approaching me with the best spirit she possibly can. But deep down, I'm just like, you know, you know, y'all. And I, you know, I, I'm, I'm just trying to keep it 100 with you. And I hope Sister Jones ain't back there smiling too much because y'all know she can be something else. I'm going to tell y'all right now. Like, not, now, she can be something else. I ain't going to bother her, but she can be something else too. Brother Jock, go ahead, sir. Yes, sir. I, I'm, I'm with you to a degree, but here's where I would, ha I, would, I would urge you to consider. Not that I don't believe it has an impact, because I do believe that you, you, you are what you consume. You know what I'm saying? As you, as you grow into the knowledge of God, uh, there are certain things about you that has to change. Uh, there's the, I, the, the, Kevin, the Kevin 10 years ago listen to music that the Kevin of today, I, I just can't rock with. It's just, it's just that the messaging, it, it, it's at a point now where I just can't, I, I, I can't even tolerate, even if the beat is nice. It's because once you get to a space of consumption, you have to let some things go, if that makes sense. But I want to be clear, and I want everyone to hear this, because oftentimes what we'll do is, and this creates this barrier, is we'll say things like this, this generation. Now, the kids are in class, so y'all stay with me now. We'll say things like this generation, and let's be clear, pride has been killing people not just because iPads are here. No, no, no. When horse and buggies were here, pride was here. Yeah. Pride has been here since the Stone Age, right? Uh, it's been here. So, so I don't want us to, I do believe that what we consume creates within us the greater, uh, just, just the greater ability to fall victim to certain things. But I don't want us to miss it. It's not just a technological thing. It's a human thing. All humans struggle. If y'all get that, say amen. Uh, I wish I had time. I'd take you over to 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 through 10. Basically speaking, John says, if any man says that he doesn't have sin, he's telling a lie. It's not even true. That is, John says, even in your redemption, he talks about the ability to claim sin and deny it. And in verse number 8, verse number 9, he says, God will cleanse us. And in verse number 10, he says, but even after God will cleanse you, if you tell me you ain't got no sin, John says, you still ain't telling me the truth. Because John says, no matter what, we all struggle with sin. If y'all get that, say amen. Number one, number one is that we were undeniably imperfect. Number two is that we cannot remove our imperfection. Number three, as I'm trying to hasten to an end, number three is our souls are at stake. Now, I'm going to tell you all something that I don't know how in this 21st century it has become so, so horrible for you to say this in church, but I'm going to tell you all, listen, if heaven is real, hell is real too. As a matter of fact, there are far more references in the Bible to hell than there are to heaven. And why would God have that as such? Because God really wants to warn us about it 
so that we'll be aware of it. Don't miss this. I find no better explanation for this than Paul's words in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I'm, I'm, I'm running there. Uh, it, it, write it down because when I get there, I'm going to start reading, but I definitely want you to have it for your note's sake. And if you can meet me there, please do. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, looking at verses 7 through 11, my seed sowers, y'all should already know what that is. Uh, but 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 7, the Bible says, now therefore it is already an utter failure for you that you go to the law one against another. Why do you not rather accept wrong? In other words, he says, why y'all drawing up lawsuits on each other in the church? You're just disgracing the church. It would be better for you just to take a loss. Because how many of y'all know that if you take a loss, God knows how to give you what you need? Yeah, but he goes on further to say, he says, he says, why do you rather accept wrong? Why don't, why do you rather not let yourselves be cheated? Know yourself, know you yourselves do wrong and cheat and you do these things to your brothers. Verse number nine, he says, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. His point to us is, my brothers and my sisters, listen, I need correction culture because I want to go to heaven. Don't, don't watch me walking in sin and let me go there. Love me enough to reach out to me. Tell me about myself. Let me know something. Don't, don't let me go out there. If y'all get that, say amen. That's important because of two things. I want you to write both of these down. Number one, the saving grace of God doesn't remove our need to maintain our commitment to righteousness. I wish I had time, but my time is not my friend. But I want you to write down 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 20 through 22. And the point that he makes there is that even the saved believer can fall into sin and lose his soul. He talks about how if you've been able to taste the goodness of God and you go back to sin, it's almost as if a dog that vomits walks away, gets to thinking about that vomit. He says he's hungry. He goes back and eats that up again. And as horrible as that sound, the Lord says that's a like parallel to what it is for us to do good by the Lord, giving our lives to Christ, and then to turn around and fall back into sin. Make no mistake about it. Once saved, always saved is a doctrine that you will not find in the B-I-B-L-E. No, you've got to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Why? Because the Lord saved you for service. He didn't save you just so you can be like, well, thank you for that cleansing, Lord, and I'm going to go back to clubbing and drinking and smoking. No, no, that's not what this is about. God saved you so that he could use you as a vessel of righteousness. If y'all get that, say amen. So we know full well that if the grace of God doesn't remove our need to maintain our commitment to righteousness, know also that the grace of God doesn't remove our need to hold one another accountable to the Lord. I want you all to write this one down. I wish I had time. I've got to go there. I've got to go there. I'm running against the clock. Adam, have me a little grace back there, my brother. This is my last verse, but I got to get that one. If you love the word of God, say amen. In the, in, 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 in the, the prophet Ezekiel, he's talking about what it is to be a prophet. And the Lord called the prophet, and the prophet's job was to tell the people of God the word of God. And, and the word of God sometimes is good and sometimes is bad. Like when I started off this message and I told y'all we need correction culture, y'all are saying amen now, but I wish y'all could have seen y'all faces when I said it the first time. Y'all were looking at me like, I don't know about all that, right? Uh, in Ezekiel chapter 3, watch him chapter 3, we're looking together at verses 16 through 19. If you have it, say amen. Listen, the Bible says, now it came to pass... At the end of seven days that the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, I've made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore, hear a word from my mouth and give them warning from me. If y'all see that, say amen. When I say to the wicked, you shall surely die, and you give him no warning, nor speak to warn the wicked from his wicked ways to save his life, and the same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. Why is that? Because God says, if you know I'm wrong and you don't tell me about it, then you, you let me fall off. And that cannot be love. If y'all get that, say amen. Let's get to the point of it. 
You see, the necessity is, number one, we're undeniably imperfect. Number two, we cannot remove our imperfection. And number three, our souls are at stake. It's these three reasons that has created the need for us for the month of January to study this concept, this idea of uh, redemption doctrine. If y'all get that, say amen. As we conclude, this month we will unpack a lot of things. We're going to talk about the barriers to correction culture the methods of correction culture, and we're going to talk about the dangers of improper use of correction culture. We're going to strive in the month of January to grow in the Word of God, to create a healthy environment in this place where we can be accountable one to another. If y'all get that, say amen. Reason why we want to do that, Proverbs 27, 5 through 6, open rebuke is better than love carefully concealed. That is, I, I know you love me if you'll tell me I'm wrong. And sometimes it ain't easy to hear. But if you tell me I'm wrong and you tell me in love, I know you're doing it from a place of love, and I appreciate it. And I need it in my life because I'm telling you, I will. Someone say will. I will fall short. In 2019, I declare that my greatest expression of love towards my brothers and sisters in Christ is a righteous rebuke. That's our new mantra. I know you love me. How do you know I love you? Because you told me when I was wrong. And you did it the right way. You did it righteous. You didn't let me stay wrong just because I wanted to be wrong. Y'all get that same man. My brothers and my sisters, as always, I appreciate your time and your attention. It has been an absolute blessing sharing this lesson with you. Next Wednesday, we come together. Uh, we'll get our first lesson started and we'll start the, the dialogue and conversation uh, about how, how we can correct one another. Because I think everybody in this place knows that one of the great problems is not the need for correction, it's the method of correction. And some of us could use some fine tuning. Say amen if you can. If you're not a child of God, you ought to become one. You come by hearing the word of God, believing God's word to be true, repenting of your sins. What does that mean? That means, look, Lord, I'm sorry for the way I've lived. I know you've been good to me. I know you love me. I know I should be doing better than I am. Lord, I'm asking that you, that you forgive me. How does that happen? Well, first thing you've got to do, you've got to repent. Repentance is essentially a change of mind, which leads to a change of behavior. Confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Be buried in the watery grave of baptism. Rise to walk a new life. Live faithful unto death. God promises to give you a crown of life. Maybe, just maybe, you're here today, and you want to start this year off right. Maybe you have it in your mind that, you know what, Lord, I've got somebody in my life that I know I need to give a correction to, and I've been knowing it, and I haven't been doing it. Lord, help me to get the courage. Help me to receive this lesson this month. Help me to grow in this series on these Wednesday nights so that I can become more empowered to this great calling of love in the life of someone else. If y'all get that, say amen. If anyone needs to respond, I urge you with love to do so right now as we together stand and sing. I am a hard-fighting soldier, and I'm on the battlefield. I am a hard-fighting soldier, and I'm on the battlefield. I am a hard-fighting soldier, and I'm on the battlefield and I keep on bringing souls to Jesus by the service that I give. Let the church say amen. Amen. I want to thank Brother Jones and all those who taught classes this evening. Uh, I stand for you to read the prayer request. I ask that when your name is called, you please stand that the church may acknowledge you. Uh, Christian Stanley comes requesting prayers on behalf of uh, his mom and his uncle Jackson for illness and health. Uh, Rathisa Carner is requesting prayers for traveling grace. Says she's headed home on tomorrow. Uh, Brother Howard requesting prayers on behalf of Sister Rosa Parks that she can overcome her illness. Sister Tonya Tonya Gore requesting prayers on behalf of her friend Jeffrey Palmer. And Brittany Ballard, she, she's requesting prayers for spiritual strength and job. It says that her current job is ending on March 1st. Uh, she has an exam for a new job on the 19th. Uh, she prays that she passes the exam and all other requirements for the position. I pray that uh, all of my coworkers find jobs as well. Mercy. Uh, these are the requests that have been made known. Let us think on these as we approach our Heavenly Father in prayer. 
Father God, we come up on that throne thanking you for this opportunity to uh, talk to you and tell you what's on our heart, Father. Father, and we thank you because we know you are hearing our prayers, Father. We thank you and we praise you because we know that you're going to answer our prayer, Father. Father, we know that you may not answer it the way that we think it needs to be fixed, but Father, we're just grateful that you're working on our behalf, Father. So I ask that you be with the ones who made prayer requests, Father. They're in the middle of their situation, Father. Comfort them and let them know that you're on the case, Father God. Uh, for the ones who are sick, Father, I pray that you touch their bodies and restore a reasonable portion of health and strength. For the ones who are traveling, Father, I ask that you bless them with traveling grace to make it uh, back home safely, Father God. Uh, uh, for our dear sisters who who has a test to take for a job, Father. Uh, Father, grant her the clarity, Father, so that she can pass that test, Father. Uh, uh, bless all those, all our, uh, her coworkers, Father, that they're able to find jobs as well, Father. Uh, Father, not only them, but we ask you to be with everybody here tonight, Father, for we all stand in need of prayer. I just pray that you look down upon us and you bless us the way that we need to be blessed, Father God. Uh, we also ask that you continue to, to bless our minister. Thank you for allowing him to travel, Father, and make it back home safely, Father. Uh, thank you for keeping his family safe, Father. Uh, we just pray that you continue to bless him uh, with strength and wisdom, that he can continue to lead this church to a higher mark, which is in Christ Jesus. These are the blessings we ask your son, Jesus' name, let the church say amen. Amen. Uh, before we leave on tonight, we want to highlight uh, um, uh, and recognize anyone who may be visiting with us. If this is your first time visiting, we want you to be acknowledged by standing at this time. Any first time visitors in the house? Home team, home team. Oh, we got one. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. We're so glad and thankful for you to be with us on this evening. Definitely, definitely, when you have the chance, come back and join us once again. Thank you for being here. Uh, these are all the announcements that I have. We had a wonderful time. Was that yesterday, the New Year's Eve program? Or was it? I didn't, when I'm, when I'm not at work, I lose track of days. So, but man, but we had an awesome time whenever it was bringing in the new year. I mean, that was one of the best programs yet. Uh, and it was just, just, just amazing to bring the new year in with our church family, praising God. And let's just give a love deposit to all those who, who had a hand in the, in, in that program. From the youth, just doing an awesome job and singing, and uh, they had their speeches, and Sister Stanley, I mean, Sister Stanley, boy, woo, Sister Stanley. Yeah, she did an awesome job, and just everybody, Brooke with the pump taking over Sister Warrior, I mean, that was, I mean, it was just, I was just so full, it was just so much going on, it was just an awesome time. Uh, 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 if you missed it, come next year. <laughs> We're going to bring in 2020. Uh, but as always, before you leave, hug somebody, tell them you love them. Amen? Let us be standing. Boom, come, let us adore him. Boom, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us Adore him, Christ the Lord. Dear kind of Heavenly Father, once again we thank you for the many blessings that thou have bestowed upon us. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for allowing us to be in the Bible study this evening. Praying, dear Heavenly Father, that we learn something from Brother John's lesson this morning, this evening that will benefit us in helping us to save our soul and helping us to be able to communicate with our brothers and sisters and those in, in our surrounding that we might be able to tell them what thus said the Lord and tell them in a manner that would be pleasing and acceptable to thee. Please, Heavenly Father, be with each and every one of us as we leave here, guiding us, protecting us from hurt, harm, and danger, helping us, to, dear Heavenly Father, continue holding on to your unchanging hand and helping us to be aware of surrounding at all times. Please, dear Heavenly Father, help us to continue to pray for one another. This is our prayer in Christ's name. Amen. 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 Amen.